stretched out across the Grand Canyon and these people were watching this guy walk across this tightrope across the Grand Canyon and then he took a wheelbarrow and they, he said, you think I can take the wheelbarrow? And they said, yeah, yeah, we think you can do it. And he went across the tightrope uh, with, the, with the wheelbarrow and uh, then they said, uh, he, he said, you, you trust that I can do that? And they all said, yes, 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 we've seen you do it. And he said, okay, one of you get in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> Suddenly, uh, trust became action. And I wonder sometimes if we trust, we say we trust God, we trust him to take care of us, but are we ready to get in the wheelbarrow, you know? And um, so today we're going to talk about Will we trust God? Do we trust Him? It's a good question to ask. Do I trust Him with my life? Do I trust Him with my finances? Do I trust Him with my, my family? What is the answer? That's a good question to ask today. I asked Karen to sing this song. It's called Trust in You. I tell you, why don't you stand and let's sing it with her. Letting go of every single dream, I lay each one down at your feet. Every moment of my wandering never changes what you see. I tried to win this war, I confess. My hands are weary. I need your rest, mighty warrior, king of the fight. No matter what I face, you're by my side. Sing it with us. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. Truth is you know what tomorrow, tomorrow brings. brings. There's not a day ahead you have not seen. Have not seen. So in all things be my life and breath I want what you want Lord and nothing less when you don't move the mountains I'm needing you to move when you don't part the waters I wish I could walk through when you don't give the answers as I cry out to you trust I will trust I will trust in you I will trust in you you are my strength my comfort you are my steady hand you are my firm foundation the rock on which I stand you are always higher your plans are always good. There's not a place where I'll go. You've already stood. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could 
voices as I cry out to you. I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. I wish I could walk through When you don't give the answers As I cry out to you I will trust, I will trust I will trust in you Yes, amen. You can be seated. Psalm 25 says, I put my trust in you, Lord. My hope is in you all day long. So we're so glad that you're here to First Baptist Church. And if you're a guest with us, we're especially glad that you're here. We'd love to get to know you. And one of the great ways that we can do that is through the guest registration card that's located in front of you in the pew rack. If you could take that and fill that out for us during the service. And then afterwards, just stop by the Welcome Center and you can drop that off in a black box. And we have a small gift for you coming and being a part of our service. So this week in the life of our church, we are sending out a mission team to go serve in Denver, Colorado with Journey Point Church. And so our team is primarily going to be doing a family fall festival for Journey Point, but there's also going to be some other things along the way. And so we want to take some time to commission and pray for those who are going out from our church. So if you're a part of the mission team, would you please just stand so we can see you and recognize you for a moment? And then remain standing if you will. I know some of you are like, this is painful, but just work with us for a second. We want to take a moment just to kind of pray and commission. And so I know during this COVID time, we don't want to kind of do any extra touching or anything like that. But if you want to put a hand out and just saying, God, we are sending those from our church, you can... Give an example now, Todd. There you go. And uh, we want to take a moment to pray. So would you bow your heads, maybe put a hand out towards somebody who's standing. Let's take a moment to pray for them. Father God, we thank you so much that we have good news to tell. God, we have a mission to live out and accomplish. And I pray for those from our church specifically who are going out to Denver. God, to join forces with Journey Point and share the gospel to a place uh, without much of a gospel witness. So, Father, would you use our team, empower them, strengthen them, make them bold, and at the same time, Lord, keep us safe and protect us. We ask all of this in God's good name. Amen. 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 He is the way, the truth, and the life. Will you stand with us? Through every battle, through every heartbreak, through every circumstance, I believe that you are my fortress, you are my portion, you are my hiding place. Oh, I believe you are the way, the truth. The life, I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe through every blessing, 
Through every promise, through every breath I take, I believe that you are provider, oh, you are protector, you are the one I love, oh, I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe you are. Oh, you are, you are. It's a new horizon. Let's sing it. It's a new horizon. And I'm set on you And you meet me here today With mercies that are new Oh, all my fears and doubts They can all come to Because they can't stay long That I'm here with you It's a new horizon And I'm set on you And you meet me here today Mercy is that a new home All my fears and doubts Well, they can all come to Because they can't stay long When I believe you are The way The truth The life I believe you are The way It's a new horizon, and I'm set on you. And you meet me here today with mercies that are new. Oh, all my fears and doubts, well, they can all come to because they can't stay long. When I'm here, you are the way, the truth. The life I believe you are the way, the truth, the life I believe you are. Oh, you are. Amen. We are free. Amen.
darkest place life even in the pain it feels like coming home where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom i am free amen where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom I am free, amen. Here, I'm alive again, gone, gone. It's the weight of sin, oh sweet liberty. Praise God, who saved my life, I'm gone. In the blood of Christ, I have been redeemed. Where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom I am free amen where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom I am free amen sing that again where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom I am free, amen. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I am free, amen. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I am free at last. Let's just sing this last part. Fill it up with harmony. Here we go. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I am free. Amen. Come on, church. Lift the roof. Here we go. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I am free. Amen. One more time. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I am free. Amen. Amen. Would you please be seated? i got one more song I want to sing for you. This is a song that just I've loved this song for a long time. And it just talks about trusting God, seeking God surrendering you know all usually when we sing this the song this is the day the lord has made but it's real upbeat 
But this one is a little more introspective. You know, it's, it's thinking about, um, you know, the fact that I'm, I'm pleading and I'm waiting for an answer. I'm struggling with surrender. But despite all the struggles, I realized that today, this is the day the Lord has made. And I will worship through the struggles. This is called This is the Day. Through the darkness that surrounds This is the day the Lord has made I will rejoice, I will give thanks And live my life to bring you This is the day the Lord has made. Father, through the shadows I will seek you, I will follow for your glory. For your kingdom, for redemption, and for freedom. In my weakness, through the power of the cross, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will give thanks, and live my life to bring you praise. This is the day the Lord has made, and I will carry my cross, carry my cross and you carry me and I will carry my cross carry my cross and you will carry me this is the Give thanks 
and I will live my life to bring you praise. This is the day the Lord has made. This is the day the Lord has made. This is the day the Lord has Oh, Lord, we come before you this morning. Thank you. We come before you this morning just offering you praise, Lord, because you are a trustworthy God that we can lean on, that we can turn to in our times of trouble. And, Lord, so and through the hard times, through the, through the low times, through the struggling times, Lord, we praise you. We realize that you have made this day, too. And it's for that reason that we offer you our praise. You are worthy. You are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Todd. Great song. Thank you for sharing that with us. Good morning. It's good to see you today. Glad you're here. I've been sharing a 10-week series on the life of Abraham from the book of Genesis. Today is the final installment in this sermon series. I've had a great time going through the life of Abraham. I pray in some way God has spoken to you about his activity. The theme of this series is that God acts. And we have been seeing how God acts in the life of Abraham because God is the same and he acts the same way in our lives. And we want to learn to discern his activity. And today we're going to look at the final three episodes in the life of Abraham. And we... Each of these relates to the future, and in some ways to the uncertainty of the future. And we see in these that God holds my future. Will I trust him? And so today I want you to think about your future and some of the uncertainties of it. And are you going to trust God with your future? The first of these three final episodes is that Abraham's wife, Sarah, dies, and he buries her. We read in Genesis chapter 23, verse 1, Sarah lived to be 127 years old. And she died at Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went to mourn for Sarah and to weep over her. And so they had been married at least 62 years, because when we met them at age 75 and 65, they were married, and now she's 127, probably 70 or 80 years they've been married, and now they are separated. And so I want to speak to those of you who are married couples. This comes to every one of us. The Bible says that marriage is till death do us part. And at some point, one of us, our spouse, is going to die. We would like for it to be that we go at the same time. That rarely happens in the 40 years of ministry that I've 
been a pastor and done funerals. One time uh, in this church, Amy Williams died, and four days later, her husband, James Williams, died. And uh, that's the closest I've ever seen together. Now, Cindy and I, Cindy had a family friend, lived across from her mother. It's a coach of our high school. Uh, they died together in a car wreck, but I'm not sure that's how you want to go. But they died together. Otherwise, one of you is going to die uh, before the other. Uh, and so that's just something we need to face. And so Abraham mourned for Sarah and wept over her. Grief is natural. Grief is uh, a process. And every Wednesday is the day I pray for people who have problems in our church. If you've had a sin, an addiction, a struggle, a problem, and you've shared it with me and asked you to pray for it, Wednesday's the day I pray for you. That's the day I have a prayer list. And so I pray for marriages that are in trouble. I pray for people with addictions. I pray for people with hurts and sins. And I pray for those who have lost a spouse. There are 16 people on my prayer list that I pray for on Wednesday in our church that have lost their spouse within the last two years. Just within the last two years, 16. Some of you are here in this service. I pray for you. Our hearts go out to you. It is natural for you to mourn and to grieve. That is what Abraham did when Sarah died. And we, we weep with you and support you. Now, let me say this to you. All 16 of these on my prayer list are women. Of the 16 times in the last two years when a spouse has died in our church, 100% of the time it's been the, the man who died first. The situation of Abraham who buried his wife is unusual. It happens some. I can go a little farther back and think of times. I'm just saying to you ladies, you got to get ready because we're, we're probably going to die first. And you're going to be left alone. And with that uncertainty of future, are you, are you ready to say, I am going to continue and I'm going to serve God and it will break my heart and I'll mourn as Abraham did, but I'll continue to serve the Lord. Now, Abraham had nowhere to bury his wife Sarah. Remember, he's come into this land. God said, I'm going to give this land to your descendants, but it will be 400 years before the sin of the Amorites reaches its fulfillment and it will be your descendants who have the land. So he's an immigrant. He's a, he's a foreigner in the land. And so he has to ask the Hittites for a spot to bury his wife Sarah. And we read in verse 3, Abraham rose from beside his dead wife and spoke to the Hittites. And he said, I'm a foreigner and a stranger among you. Sell me some property for a burial site here so I can bury my dead. And I'll summarize the rest of the conversation. The Hittites said, oh, you just bury her wherever you want to. In other words, we don't sell you any property. And he said, I want to buy the field of Ephron in the cave of Machpelah. There was a cave there. I want to use it for a tomb. And they said, oh, we'll ask Ephron about it. And Ephron said, oh, it's worth 400 shekels of silver, but what is that amount between friends? In other words, that's the price I want you to pay. And Abraham agreed to pay the price, and he bought the cave of Machpelah uh, for 400 shekels of silver from Ephron the Hittite, and he buried Sarah there. He's been living in the land that God had promised him for 62 years at this point, and all he's got is a grave plot. All he's got to show for it is a grave plot. And he has to buy the place to bury his wife. And so some of you and some of us will live our lives and we don't see the promises of God fulfilled. Sometimes we have disappointment in life and sometimes in our lives 
we don't attain everything we would have liked to attain. And will you face your future clinging to believe the promises of God, it's not over yet? Abraham did. We come to the second episode in these final three episodes of Abraham's life. And he determines to find a wife for his son Isaac. Genesis chapter 24. Abraham did not want his son Isaac. Now you remember, so Sarah died at, one, at age 127. Uh, Isaac was born when she was 90. So he's 37 at this point. So sometime after this, uh, Abraham is concerned, we got to get this kid married off here, you know. Uh, this is, he's the lineage, and he did not want him to marry in the land he's in among the Canaanites, not because of ethnic prejudice, but because of faith. These people do not worship the one true God. He knows if Isaac marries here, he'll be led into idolatry to Canaanite gods. And so he, did, he has learned that, uh, we didn't read it, but the end of one of the chapters, he's learned that his extended family back in Haran has multiplied. Remember when they left Ur, his family came with him to Haran, but they stopped there and didn't come any farther. And just Abraham, Sarah, and Lot who made the way to the promised land. So he determines to send his servant back to Haran where his extended family, his brother's families are, to find a wife for her there. I'll read to you from Genesis chapter 24 beginning at verse 3. He says to his servant, I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you'll not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites from whom I am living, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said, well, what if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land? Shall I then take your son back to the country you came from? Make sure that you do not take my son back there, Abraham said. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land, and who spoke to me and promised me on oath, saying to your offspring, I'll give this land, he'll send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son from there. If the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you'll be released from the oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. So let me summarize the story in the remainder of chapter 24. Abraham sends his ser servant back to Haran, and he loads up 10 camels and takes his caravan back to Haran. And he arrives at the town uh, there at evening time, the time when the women will usually come out to the well, the spring outside of town, and draw water. And he prays. And this servant of the old man Abraham says, Dear God, guide me in my pursuit. Direct me. And he asked for a sign. He said, I'm going to ask a, a woman to give me a drink of water when she, she draws the water. And if she also offers to water my camels, I'll know that this is the one you've sent me to. And so a young woman named Rebecca came walking out from the village with a jar on her shoulder, the Bible says. And she went down to the end of the spring, and she drew water, and as she's coming up, the servant says, would you please give me a drink of water from your jar? And she says, yes, and I will water your camels as well. Let me draw water from them. And, a, and this servant knows that God has directed him. She waters the camels and he pulls out a gold nose ring and two gold bracelets to give to her. 
Their cultures may be a little different from ours, but uh, it's still a beautiful love story. And he gives to Rebecca these gifts and inquires of her household and learns that she is the granddaughter of one of Abraham's brothers. So this would be Isaac's maybe second cousin or so. Again, maybe a little different from our culture, but this is their culture. And so he says, could I, could I lodge at your house? And she says, yes. And they, they go to the house and and in Eastern hospitality, they feed his camels and prepare a meal to before him. And uh, he says, I will not eat until I tell you why I have come. And his, Rebecca's father and brother Laban say, okay, tell us why you have come. And he tells the story of how Abraham has sent him and how he has prayed and how Rebecca has done exactly what he asked God to do and how he has come to ask if she will go back with him and be his master's wife. And they say, we see the hand of God in this. And they agree. They spend the night. The next morning, the servant is ready to go. And Rebecca's father and brother say, stay with us 10 days. Let, let us visit for 10 days. And he says, I must go as my master has called me. And they said, okay, we'll ask Rebecca. Rebecca, how about it? And she says, I will go with him. And Rebecca and her ten attendants, her nurse, load up their camels. And they set out on the caravan hundreds of miles from home, back to the promised land of Canaan. And they come to the town where Isaac lives about evening. It is Behir Lehi-Roi, the place where Hagar has named God as El-Roi, the God who sees me. And, and Isaac has gone out into the field to meditate, to walk. And they, they see him from a distance, and Rebekah says to the servant, Who is that man? And he says, it is my master. In other words, that's your future husband. And she gets down off her camel and veils herself and meets him. And they are married. And the Bible says that Isaac loved Rebekah. And God provided for this continuation of the line of faith. Parents, now let me say something to you. If you're parents of children or teenagers, what will you learn from the example of Abraham? Are you doing all you can? You cannot control your child's destiny. You cannot do that. You're not responsible for that. But are you doing all you can to provide for the continuation of faith through your children? Abraham's concern as he came to the end of his life was, I want my son to continue this faith journey. And so are you even more concerned about your children's spiritual lineage and spiritual heritage and spiritual welfare than you are their sports involvement or their academic achievement or what college they'll get into because that must be the priority and let me say to you if you're a young person and you're not yet married if you're a teenager or young adult and you think that maybe marriage would be in your future I want to share with you three things from this example that I believe you ought to do number one determine that you will marry a Christian the New Testament confirms that this is God's will for you, as this example is, that you marry a person of your faith. If you'll determine in advance, before you get into a relationship, this is who I'm going to marry, then God will bless and guide you in that. Number two, 
If you want to marry a Christian, learn from this example that you go to places where Christians are. This Abraham sent his servant back to where there were people who shared his faith. So just let me say to you, when it gets to the point of looking for a husband or looking for a wife, if you're looking for fish, you don't look up in trees, right? Okay? There are some places, if you want to find a Christian, that it's not going to be likely that you find them, right? There are some websites, dating websites, there are some bars, there are places, I'm just saying to you, you want to find a fish, look in water, okay? You, you with me? Are you with me there? Go to places where you're most likely to meet somebody that shares your faith and values in God. And number three, pray. Determine you'll marry a Christian. Go to places where you'll meet people who share your faith and pray as this servant did. Oh, God, guide me. What an example for you. Your future is uncertain. Will you trust your future to God that if I do what God wants me to do, then God will guide me and God will bless me? The Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. We come to the third of these three final episodes about Abraham's life, and that is that Abraham himself died and was buried by his sons. Genesis chapter 25, verse 7. Abraham lived 175 years. So he was 75 when he came to the promised land. He's been here 100 years. 175 years. We talked about how their lifespans were extended. And then Abraham breathed his last. Now, the King James translate this, he gave up the ghost or gave up the spirit, which I believe is a better translation. The Hebrew word ruach means breath, wind, or spirit. So yes, he gave up his breath. He stopped breathing. He expired. But there's a deeper meaning here. He gave up his spirit. That's going to happen to you as well as it did to Abraham, there's going to come a day when you breathe your last or when you give up your spirit. Your spirit is going to leave your body and go somewhere. Are you ready for that most inevitable moment of your life? Have you prepared for your death? Abraham had, because we saw back in Genesis 15, 6, Abraham believed God. It was credited to him as righteousness. Are you prepared for that time? And it says that he, he died at a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. Oh, there were some of Abraham's people, perhaps, who were believers, and he, they're reunited. There is reunion for those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. This is not the end. There is life beyond death, and there was for Abraham. He was gathered to his people. And then it says in verse 9, his sons Isaac and Ishmael, they hadn't been together Brought them back together, perhaps. And they buried him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre in the field of Ephron, son of Zohar the Hittite. Same place that he had buried Sarah almost 50 years before. The cave that he had bought. He is laid there. The field Abraham had bought from the Hittites. And Abraham was buried with his wife, Sarah. And then, in years to come, Isaac and Rebekah would die and they would be buried in this same cave. And then their son Jacob would bury his wife Leah there, and when Jacob died, he would be the third generation of the patriarchs to be buried in that same cave. Three generations lived in this promised land. 
that God said, I'm going to give you, and all they owned was a burial plot. Because the promises of God are not always fulfilled in this lifetime. Will you trust God beyond your lifetime that he'll fulfill his promises? And when it got to the fourth generation, a man named Joseph. And by this time, the Israelites are down in Egypt as part of God's plan to escape a famine. And Joseph died there in Egypt. But before he died, he said, don't bury me here in Egypt. One day... Hundreds of years from now, God's going to send us back to the land he promised my great-grandfather. And I want you to take my bones with you when you go. What an act of faith for him to say that. I want you to take my bones with you and bury them back in the promised land. So they kept the bones of Joseph after he died for hundreds of years. And when the time of the Exodus came, and they had to live, leave in the middle of the night, in a hurry, that they couldn't even break bread. They had unleavened bread. And the Egyptians were giving them treasure. Get out of here. Get this plague off of us. And they gathered everything together. Somebody had to go find the bones of Joseph and pack them up. And they carried them. They went through the Red Sea. They carried the bones of Joseph. Wandered 40 years in the wilderness. They carried the bones of Joseph. How'd you like me? Your job. What's your job? I herd sheep. What's your job? I carry bones. That's my job. Somebody carried the bones of Joseph when they went to Jericho, when they went to Ai. And so you come to the end of the book of Joshua after the conquest of the land. And it says they buried the bones of Joseph in that land hundreds of years later. Why am I telling you this? I'm saying to you, you and I won't live to see all the promises of God. You may not accomplish all the things that you hope to accomplish in life. You set out with great dreams and hopes, and not all of them are fulfilled. And sometimes you come with disappointment in life, and marriages don't go as you had hoped, and businesses sometimes don't go as you hoped, and things that you felt like God was going to do, He has not yet done. Will you trust your future to Him? Let me read to you Hebrews chapter 17, or chapter 11, beginning at verse 17, of what God said about them. Hebrews eleven thirteen. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. If you are counting on this life to fulfill all of your hopes, you will be disappointed. But if you will look to heaven, you will find that God will fulfill all of your hopes. So if you live with disappointment, if you live with unfulfilled dreams, if you live with the things that have not yet fully developed on this earth, you live by faith for the not yet. There's more to come. And God says, people who look and live by faith to the future, I'm not ashamed to call them my people. I read a story, it's an old story, repeated often, of a missionary who had given his life in service to Africa. And his health broken as a senior adult, he had to come back by ship to America 
for his retirement in his last years. And he happened to be on the same ship as President Theodore Roosevelt, who had been on a hunting safari to Africa. And when that ship came into New York Harbor, there were barges playing, barges with bands on them playing to welcome the President of the United States back from his hunting safari. And the fireboats were shooting water up in the air in festive celebration. And the mayor was on the dock and to welcome him. And this missionary stood on the rail of that ship and said, sort of had a pity party, and said, God, I've given my life in service to you, and there's nobody playing a band for me. There's nobody here to greet me. There's no festivities for me. But a guy who's been on a hunting trip is receiving all this fanfare. And in his testimony, he said he heard a voice in his heart, but you're not home yet. And listen, if you live with disappointment in your life, you just remember, you're not home yet. And God keeps all of his promises. And God fulfills his word. And God shows that those who live for the not yet will be rewarded in a better country and eternal home. We come to the end of the story of of Abraham in the book of Genesis, but it is not the end of the story of Abraham. Did you know that? Because Abraham is still alive. Jesus said so. One time in Matthew uh, or Mark chapter 12, the Sadducees, who did not believe in the resurrection, didn't believe in their afterlife, said, Proposed to Jesus this kind of story. Ah, this guy's been married seven times. If there's a resurrection, whose wife is he, is he going to have? And the afterlife's going to be awkward. And Jesus said to them, there won't be marrying or giving in marriage. That's still death to you part. But then he said in, verse, in Mark eleven twenty six. Now about the dead rising. Have you not read in the book of Moses, in the account of the burning bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He's not the God of the dead, but of the living. You're badly mistaken. You're not in good shape when Jesus says, you're badly mistaken. Abraham, Jesus was saying, is still alive. God's a God of the living. And Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jesus said, are alive right now in heaven. Because those who put their faith in the not yet have a better country waiting them. I want to share with you one more thing. If you put your faith in the offspring of Abraham, Jesus Christ, you can meet Abraham one day. Did you know that? Matthew chapter 8, verse 11, Jesus again said, I, will, I say to you that many will come from the east. That's China, Korea, India. And the west, that's me. That's North America. And will take their place at the feast with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. You get to meet him one day. And now that you've been through this series, you'll know what to talk to, about to him when you get seated next to him at the feast, right? Hey, Abraham, what was it like having a toddler at age 100? I want to hear about that, you know? 
there is going to be a reunion of God's great people. I think we'll recognize you. I don't know if I'll know him. I think we will know as we are known. And you'll know that's Abraham. That's Isaac. That's Jacob. Wow. And all God's people will be together forever. And all disappointment will be gone. And anything that's lacking will be made up. And we will be together forever. Have you put your faith in the only Son of God, the seed of Abraham, the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, for through him all God's promises are yes. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, I want to pray today for those who have lost a spouse. Our hearts go out to them. We move on with our lives, but Lord, they are continue to have an ache and a a vacuum and a place there. We just want to pray your grace and your help to them as to Abraham. I want to pray for those who married, Lord, that they will prepare for that day and that their faith will be strong. I want to pray for those, Lord, who are parents. Well, it's tough to be a parent. I pray, Lord, that you will help them like Abraham to do all within their power to guide the spiritual direction of their children and to make that the priority of their parenting. I pray for young people who are not yet married that they will today make the resolve, I'm going to marry a person who shares in the lordship of Jesus Christ over their life and I'm going to seek God's direction in that decision. I pray for those who may be dealing with disappointment in life and have not, life has not turned out exactly as they had hoped it would. That we will draw strength from the example of Abraham. That when we die by faith, there is a better country where all your promises are fulfilled. And I pray for there is a person here who has not yet put their faith in Jesus Christ. That they would see there is life beyond death. That they are coming to a day when they will give up the ghost. And I pray that today they would be ready by putting their faith in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, and be born again. And I pray these things in his precious name. Amen. I want to invite you to stand with me. We're going to sing a song of response to the Word of God. Would you stand with me? And if today you want to respond and put your faith in Jesus or declare your faith and be baptized or to join this church or have someone pray with you, you're welcome to walk forward while we're singing this song. Meet me here. I'll refer you to a decision counselor or I'll pray with you. As God speaks to you, would you come?
lay me down at the altar over and over over and over from fear to faith i surrender over and over over and over you take all my questions as they wrestle to the ground patiently you guide me beyond what I see now I don't have all the Trust is what I need My comfort is in knowing You're right here next to me I lay me down at the altar Over and over Over and over To faith I surrender over and over, over and In the letting go, so I'm letting go. You are in control. I find my life when I give it up. So I give it up. I can trust your love. I find Breathe it all in the letting go. So I'm letting go, you are in control. I find my life when I give it up. So I give it up, I can trust you love. I gain it all in the letting go. So I'm letting go, you are in control I find my life when I give it up so I give it up I can trust your love I lay me down at the altar over and over over and over from fear to I surrender over and over, over and over. One more time. I lay me down at the altar over and over.
come before him trusting this morning. Jake, are you closing us out? Who's closing? Come on up, Daniel. Y'all can have a seat. Isn't it great that we serve and worship a God who's in control of the future and holds the future and then also gives us guidance and instruction, walks along with us as we enter that future, and uh, we're thankful for that. Uh, there's one more act of worship we get to participate in, and that's uh, tithes and offerings. And just want to remind you, as you exit, you can drop those in the boxes there in the back uh, as, as we continue to worship God through giving. A couple of things to just bring to your attention. Uh, Jake's already prayed about the, the Denver mission trip. Keep that in mind throughout the week. Uh, we got stuff Wednesday night and then trunk or treats coming up at the end of the month, October 31st. Opportunity for us to serve as we uh, host our trunks uh, for folks to come by and, and, and give out candy. And then also uh, the candy, if you want to donate those or some collection bins around the church. Uh, we need that for to have this uh, successful trunk or treat. Uh, so a couple other things there you can see. Uh, got good things ahead for us here at First Baptist. So uh, let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. God, we thank you that you hold the future and we thank you that uh, we see in the life of Abraham uh, the ways that if we just uh, trust and, and, and follow you, uh, that you're going to see us through, God. And uh, even though we make mistakes like Abraham did, uh, you, you still love us. You draw us in and, and help us through. And God, we thank you so much for that, for your grace and mercy. Uh, made uh, available through the love and blood of Jesus. So uh, we're just grateful. We, we thank you for this opportunity to worship. Uh, help us as we continue to go about our time here and, and connection groups and uh, just however we may experience you this morning and the rest of the week, we want to give you praise. We love you and we thank you and it's in your name we pray. Amen.